Hi, and welcome to Small Table Food Podcorp with Reverend Kev. <laughs> that hurt so much. It really did. <laughs> but hi, welcome back to Food the Table, the small group podcast with Reverend Kev. Uh, that whole little thing at the beginning was given to us by one of our viewers, our listeners, or whatever we call you guys. I don't know what we Friends. Neighbors. <laughs> relatives. <laughs> people of the small group. Uh, yeah, so we were, uh, hanging out with this individual. We're hanging out with my sister. (laughs) Yeah. Her husband. Uh, so we were hanging out with him and I don't even remember how it happened. We just started talking about the podcast and somehow that was said. And now it is going to be how we open up the podcast every week. No, not really, but it was really fun to use that. But guys, welcome back to Food at the Table. Yo, 2022. Mm-hmm. 2022. That doesn't seem right. I was supposed to already have my midlife crisis right now. What's going on? <laughs> oh, wait. But guys, it is awesome. And we're trying to kick off the Food at the Table 2022 with an Ask a Pastor. Because what a better way to start off than be able to ask, answer the questions you guys have been asking us. Good old Ask a Pastor. Uh, you know, we kind of thought this would be a good way to start off the year. Um, just so that way we could start it off interacting with you guys. And uh, I just want to remind you guys, we are always uh, taking these questions. We have this list that we've got. We uh, go on our social medias uh, and email. And we grab them and we uh, put them all together on one list uh, in like a Word document so that way we uh, have all of your guys' questions. And we are, again, taking those all the time. So if you want to send us a question that could be on Ask a Pastor, hit us up. Uh, If you're on Instagram and the Facebooks, uh, shoot us a... The Facebooks. Uh, shoot us a DM at Food at the Table Podcast. If you're on Twitter, at Food at the Table. Uh, if you're on TikTok, hit up Rev.Wayne. And if you are feeling a business professional, uh, go ahead and send us an email at Food at the Table Podcast at gmail.com. We will get all of your questions. And we will uh, get to them whenever we can. We've been kind of rotating through the list, but we are uh, constantly uh, grabbing these and uh, getting it all put together. And one thing that we're doing new this kind of this year, guys, is we've actually started up a Patreon. So one thing that me and Kevin really were trying to avoid with this podcast was having to rely on ads in the middle of our presentation in the middle of the small group yeah because you don't want to be in the middle of a bible study then pop up nord vpn or just have this uh super uh spiritual moment like the the lord's working in some kind of way and working real hell real hard real heavy and then we interrupt this podcast <laughs> to well, bring word from our sponsors <laughs> So, guys, if you would like to help support our ministry, what this ministry is really kind of going towards what Food at the Table podcast is doing outside of just this is um, every penny that comes in goes to helping us create better content mm-hmm. through equipment, through uh, services online, through even a ministry that we're, me and Kevin are kind of spitballing with a little bit. Um, yeah. Where we can go into restaurants because Kevin, myself, and uh, my wife, we go out to eat at least once a week on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Or we can bless even waitresses while we're out there. Drop a lot of money on the table. And waiters. Here. And waiters. Waiters. Uh, wait staff. I'm sorry. Yes, there you go. Uh, please don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> but that way we can kind of bless these members who are working hard, on, especially on the hardest day of the week, on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. Right after church. Because, guys, as we all know, church people can be crazy. And if you didn't know that, you are probably the person we are talking about. Thanks, Karen. Uh, but guys, really, we, we kind of wanted to do this and we're going to encourage you guys to do this because, um, it didn't really start out this way. Like, uh, we first came up with this idea. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was literally this last Sunday 
um, Wayne and I just kind of looked at each other and there was this, uh, our waitress uh, was the only one in the whole restaurant and she was running around all over place and I've worked at restaurants before and I know what Sundays are like. So I looked at Wayne and I was like, dude, we've got to do something big for this girl. And so we literally looked at each other and, and was like, okay, well, let's bless her. Uh-huh. Let's do it. And God kind of, God used that in us. No, that, he tore us up. Yeah, that really sparked this whole idea. Um, so we are going to put uh, some of the money that you guys would send to us into doing this ministry. And we're going to encourage you guys to do it yourselves even. Like we're only two people. We can only cover so much ground. But having uh, you guys out there also trying to be a part of this idea uh, could really kind of help break that stereotype of church people being the worst people to serve at uh, restaurants or anything like that. Just being a difference. Because one big thing that we see a lot of times with church people in restaurants is Sunday right after church, we come in and we're very rude. Mm-hmm. And one thing they don't do very often is we don't tithe. After service, because mm-hmm. we gave our money to God, so why are we going to give the money to this person over here who's waiting for us? They get a salary. Well, the thing is, their their hourly wage wage is not the same amount of money that what we get on the average day day job. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a lot less because they get paid in tips. Guys, I worked at a restaurant, and I think uh, some of my coworkers. Uh, got paid maybe like two fifty an hour, and they obviously that's under minimum wage. But the way you get around that is, oh, they get tip money. So if there's no tips for them to get, they are living off of table scraps, basically. Mm-hmm. Whatever was left over. And guys, one big thing that I've saw. When it comes to this ministry, because one, I I was a busboy, Kevin. I never told you this. I worked for a busboy for about three weeks and quit. No, oh, you've told me that. Have I told you that? Yeah. Oh, man, it was probably the worst job I've ever had. And I was a janitor for a major factory. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I saw on those tables, these women and men who were working with me worked their tail off to give the best customer service experience. Absolutely. And on a Sunday afternoon, we were over there busting tables, getting stuff done. And it, Every time I see a tip on the table, I was like, okay, I know exactly who that goes to. Grab it, hand it over to that waitress because she's already moved on to the next one or hand it to that waiter because she's already moved on. Mm-hmm. The problem was that four or five out of the six tips that I grabbed were these little $20 tracks, the tracks that look like $20 bills. No money else was left on the table. This is track. Well, guess what? If you don't understand the terminology of a quote-unquote track, <laughs> it's just like a little tiny book that has like, just like the gospel in it. Yeah. Or, hey, come to our church. It's always like a little invitation to get there. But the thing is, when we got those kind of tracks at the table, we look at it, see what church it was, and be like, I'm never going there because it's how they treat me when mm-hmm. they see me out in public. So doing these kind of ministries is really what we want to do. This podcast is to give back to our community as well. Absolutely. Be able to bless our community, not just with the Bible study, but with treating people as Christians should treat others. Mm-hmm. So if you guys would like to Donate to our podcast to help us with our equipment or help us with these ministries that we're doing outside of just this uh, small group. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash food of the table podcast and donate right there. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you guys so much. Uh, Once again, this is going to help us avoid putting ads on our podcast Mm because we don't want to do that because we want to respect y'all's time as you guys have taken the time to jump on the podcast and absolutely uh, be be a part of the big small group. Absolutely. But guys, as we kind of transition into Ask a Pastor, y'all, I have been blown away by the responses that we've been getting. Absolutely, dude. And you know what, Kevin? Let's just go ahead and jump into the questions. I know the first question. So, and it we, we did it again. We have another, oh my goodness, why did we not think about this way before now? Like, what happened? Yes. So, question number one. What questions should you ask a pastor? See, that is like, ouch. 
Oh, hey, God. Please excuse me. I am coming off some sort of sinus thing, so I might sound a little different today, but we're going to push through. If you hear me cough and I apologize, we're going to try to edit those out the best we can, but mm-hmm. I'm not the best at it. But what questions should we ask a pastor for ask a pastor? Y'all, ask me anything. Absolutely. The whole point of doing ask a pastor is to open the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, talking back and forth. Not just that. There's a lot of things where we've taken so many things as just for granted. Like taking Kevin, the fact that he just explained what a track was. Or how we've already been asked, hey, what's a small group? Mm-hmm. You know, these things, we take a lot of these for a lot of these words for granted in the church. We have this language called Christianese where we have automatic words that mean something to those who've been raised up in the church for so long. So ask us about them. Ask us what, what do these words mean. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you have a big theology question, throw them at me. What's a theology question? Anything that's discussing your relationship with God, with Scripture, uh, what does it mean to believe a certain thing, uh, what's the difference between progressive Christianity and the conservative Christianity beliefs, um, mm-hmm. Uh, let's go Calvinism versus Arminianism. You know, what are all these different things? Because when you guys go on things like TikTok, go on YouTube, go listen to other pastors, one pastor is going to say something that another pastor doesn't say, or they're going to contradict each other constantly. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look at it and go, is that really what we should believe? Well, I'm going to tell you this when I'm a pastor. I have a certain belief system. Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is what I believe in. It's my doctrine statement of beliefs. I'm a Southern Baptist pastor. It's kind of the quickest way to say, hey, this is a snapshot of what I believe, but there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I believe in what the Word of God says. So if you ask me a question, I want to answer it from the Word of God, and that's where it's going to come from. All right. If I don't quote the Scripture, it's coming from the Scripture. If I don't quote it from the Scripture, call me out on it. Ask me, hey, what was the reference for that? I will get you the reference. Because a lot of times what happens is there's so many words crammed into my brain that I don't always get the reference, but I get the concept of the verse. And I'm like, here's a concept. Here, have this. Mm. But anything you guys have that is pestering you, anything you guys have that you think is silly, anything you guys have that you said, hey, I would really like to hear you know Pastor Wayne's view on this or Rev's view on it, whatever we call mm. myself on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, you know, I want to see their view or what, what Kevin's view is on this. Yeah. Ask them, guys. We're here to answer Absolutely. any question you guys have. Some of them are going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Some of them you guys will not agree with us on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the big button topics out there for a reason, and they're hot button topics because sometimes the truth hurts, guys, and sometimes we're going to we're gonna differ, but it doesn't mean we are going to fight over it because look at me and Kevin. Absolutely. We don't fight over our disagreements. Mm-hmm. Ask them away. Ask us your questions. Anything you have for us. So it's not even uh, necessarily limited, I guess is the right word, to just specifically, uh, quote-unquote, spiritual questions. Like, even questions outside of that, we're kind of down for. Hey, Rev, my car's making this kind of sound. What, What do you think it is? Uh, I think it is uh, a moment you need to bring it to the mechanic. Things like that even. Go ahead. Send mm-hmm. it in. Because we'll be here for you. Absolutely. I mean, hey, you know, I have this going on in my life. I don't want to go into too much detail. But the, here's the situation. Rev and Kev, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to sit here and go, here's the best answer you'll ever get. We can look at you and go, well, this is how I would handle it. Or this is where you need to go from here. Or, hey, I can recommend you go find a counselor. Whatever it is. Yeah. Hey, my leg's falling off. What should I do? Go to the hospital. I mean, <laughs> these kind of things. We're more than welcome to answer anything you have for us. Absolutely. But we're here to be here for you. Mm-hmm. So that could be hard questions. That could be questions that you don't want us to answer on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Send them in. Because... I always say this. If you email it to us, if you put it on any of the social medias, preface it, hey, I don't want this on the podcast. I don't want this one read on the podcast. And we'll be like, okay, uh, here's our answer. Mm -hmm. Because the ministry doesn't stop with what you guys hear online. Mm -hmm. We're here 24 hours, seven days a week. Messages will help you out. Absolutely. That's really what you should ask. And guys, uh, that's just kind of what it's like being a part of a small group 
Um, like there are just some things in life that uh, we as people uh, just have general questions about. And uh, Wayne and I might not always know the answers, but we will certainly try our best to find them out if we don't immediately know them already. And that is always my promise when it comes to my ministry. Is if I don't know, if I don't know the answer. I'll help you find out. Mm-hmm. I got the resources. I got the book sitting behind me. Let's jump in. Mm-hmm. Let's do the study together. Let we can find. And speaking of jumping in, we are going right into the deep end with uh, technically these next two questions. Uh, They're both kind of hitting the same idea, so we're going to ask them at the same time. But uh, question two and three. Question two and three. Let me pick up my document in front of me. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. Can you lose your salvation, and does God leave you when you, quote-unquote, done goof up? Uh, the answer is no. Let's move on. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, truly, whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, one thing uh, you get this mentality of we're being added into the flock of Christ, we're added into the family of God. And... The best place to go to answer this question is John chapter 10. It's my favorite uh, passage of scripture. It really comes to the book of John. Mm-hmm. It's not my life first, but because of where it strikes the chord with this idea of where my salvation is secured. In John chapter 10, verses uh, 27 through 30, it reads this. Huh, sorry, guys. Congestion winded. Does it help that I'm fat? We're okay. Fat as in food at the table. Oh, it's what's made me heavy. Okay, so Kevin wasn't ready for my jokes today. So uh, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30 reads this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So this first part talks about the moment we, we find salvation, we enter that fold. My sheep know my voice, and they follow after me. I give them eternal life. I give them salvation, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Here's where we find the security right here. Jesus says, I hold you in my hand and I will never ever let anyone snatch you out of my hand. Not just this. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. So we get this kind of concept that our salvation is not just secured within uh, the cross of Christ. It's secured within the Godhead itself, because even the Father holds on to us and holds us tightly. Nothing's ever going to snatch us out of their hand. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about losing salvation, no, you can't. And it's very explicitly said there, it's said all over throughout Scripture that we see in the New Testament, salvation is founded in Christ Jesus. You know, the blood was mm-hmm. sufficient to save me. The blood is not only sufficient to cleanse all my sins from the past, but all my sins of the present and the future. One of my favorite uh, traditions. If you guys actually go to a Mexican restaurant, you might be able to see this a lot. Or a lot of these uh, restaurants that keep their records with the receipts. You always see that, like, that giant spike sitting on the table. Have you ever seen this, Kevin? Mm-mm. Oh, if you go to a couple Mexican restaurants in our area, does this. I think uh, El Hidente is the one that does it here. But they have this giant spike on the table. And what happens is when you pay off the receipt, they take their copy and they slam it on the spike. A lot of people are like, oh, cool, that's how they keep track of how many tables they've had. Actually, it dates back to a tradition of Jewish customs, which I think is awesome. Back in the Jewish custom, back in this Jewish time of Israel, uh, when we go back to the like, church of Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah, all these things, they had this time uh, seven years right before the season of Jubilee, where during that time, I will walk around and if I needed seed to plant my field, I don't have the money to buy the seed to plant my field, what you do is you have this piece of papyrus. And you walk up, they hand it to the person, they mark down how much the seed that you've gotten and how much it was. Well, the thing about the papyrus paper at the time and the ink that we had was the ink did not have any acid in it, so it would not sink into the paper. So they can walk up with like a wet sponge and wipe it clean. Just shocked myself on the microphone. That was fun. 
but they're able to wipe, wipe away the debt. But the thing is, they constantly kept going back and they could add more and more debt to it. Very much kind of like a credit card. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the season of Jubilee, when they would go into the temple, you know, all land would be given back to the trifle owner. All debts would be forgiven. What they would do is they would walk up with their papyrus. And the priest would take the papyrus, fold it up, and slam it onto a spike. Because once the spike's gone through it, you can't write anymore on that piece of paper. So it was a moment to erase your debt. Because your debt was a mark of shame. You could be punished for it any, at any time. Somebody could walk up to you and throw you into uh, debt or slavery to pay off your debt. Because they needed the money too. So this is how they're going to make it back. Mm-hmm. So this whole custom started off with the slamming of the spike to pay off our debts. Now let's look to the cross. Because on the cross, three spikes were slammed through our debt. One spike for the past the spike through the feet for our present, and the spike in the other hand for our future. So the sins are completely cleansed for all needs, all purposes from beginning to end. But when we look at, I think it's First John chapter 1, I want to see either 9 or 12. This is why I tell you references are not my strong point, but it's <laughs> in that ballpark right there. And it says this, if we are faithful to repent, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Mm-hmm. So when we mess up, when we done goofed, as the thing says, God has simply said that, hey, if you will repent, if you will come back to me, I will forgive you for that action. It's not the fact that I've left you. We have a little bit of a strain in our relationship because now you're putting stuff, our sins become idols in our lives so often. Mm-hmm. And so we put a lot of stuff between us and God and God's sitting here going, hello, I'm supposed to be the center of your life. You're supposed to follow me. It's supposed to be us together, but you put all this between us. Mm-hmm. So God says, if you will turn away from that and follow me, I'll forgive you for all the time where the aisles were in your life. I'll forgive you that you put so many things between you and me. That's right. So honestly, salvation is secured in Christ. Not just that, though. Repentance is secured in Christ's promises. I got back... Like, mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite passages in Scripture goes back to the book of Isaiah, chapter 1. And the reason why is because this is the moment when God really kind of rips Israel a new one. And he does it in such a way of sass and rebuke that it makes me so happy. But in the end of it all, he says simply this. you know, I've called Jesus, He calls Israel so many names. Mm-hmm. insults them left and right, rightfully so. And in the end of it all, he says... But if you come back to me and reason with me, come back, reason with me. Let us be one again. Let us talk this out. God constantly pushed this idea. Let's get back together and let's figure this out because this is not how the relationship has to be. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting here and you said, hey, I feel like God's left me behind. I feel like I messed up something between him and me. Did I lose my salvation? One, I'm going to ask you from the first get-go. Did you have salvation in the first place? Did you ever truly believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior? What does that mean? ABCs of Christianity. Have you admitted that you were a sinner? Did you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, as the Lord of your life? Did you confess with your mouth that he is Lord? Very simple. I mean, the gospel in itself is simple, but a life of Christ is not. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you've truly done that, then here's the next step. Go back, look at Jesus, and go, hey, I messed up. If you don't know what's between you two, look at God and go, God, point out what I've done. What what did I mess up? God's going to show you plain and simple. Here's everything you put in between us. Come back to me let's reason again. Mm -hmm. But get back with God and simply look at him and go, I messed up. I need you. God looks at you and goes, good, I've been waiting for you. Let's get started again. Let's get rolling. Kevin, it's day three. <laughs> so, guys, uh, just real quick uh, to sum up what he uh, said with that uh, with that big old spiel. Can you lose your salvation? No. You are kept in God's hands. Uh, does God leave you when you done goof up? No. God does not leave you. We put stuff in between us. It's the opposite. Yes. God doesn't leave you. You oftentimes walk away from God. Yes. Uh, 
And you heard him say, uh, it's day three, or whatever. Um, so, guys, just to have kind of a break in uh, what, uh, while we're asking these questions, we're going to kind of explain that. So today is the third day of 2022. It is January the 3rd. Uh, we are recording this on Monday, uh, and Wayne and I have, uh, we've really had some, uh, some face-to-face encounters with God almost. Uh, we, we believe God's doing a big thing in 2022, and, uh, he has just been, uh, affirming that that idea that we have more and more every day uh and Wayne and I are just kind of in awe of it and so that's kind of so uh that's kind of what that hey it's it's day three uh is all about uh, we just, I, I don't really have any words to explain it even. It's just been this definite God moment. One thing's for saying, like 2020 and 2021, like we kind of got beaten down. Absolutely. Ministry-wise, both of our lives really kind of got tore up because everything with the, the worldwide pandemic, with everything our world shutting down, with uh, job changes and everything else coming out of our lives, mm-hmm. those two years were extremely difficult for us to get past absolutely and then you know honestly we come back to the end of last year december 31st of 2021 you know we're like okay it's over what else can this world take from us and then betty white passed away and it crushed us (laughs) because betty white uh i mean come on but there was so much pain and hurt in 2020 2021 worldwide not just in our lives but worldwide Mm. Absolutely. And we were really looking for 2022. And we're like, God, you're, you're going to come in here and you're going to make a difference. God, this is about you. We're going to be on fire. We're going to get going. And you know what? I laugh because that word got get on fire because we're sitting back, coming back from our sister's house on Saturday, driving down it's and God really started. What, like a uh, two and a half, three hour drive somewhere yeah, in there. Really close to it. it was, and it is storming right like crazy like we're talking if you ever if you're from tennessee you know these storms like the wind storms the rain the thunder it's perfect tornado weather yes and we're driving back dude 75 miles per hour on the interstate coming home because i'm just ready to get home like it was so dangerous i didn't even take the back roads which mm. is a shorter distance you know i just stayed on i-40 and took down i-75 because although it added 30 minutes to our time it was just safer but we're having this moment of worship. We're having this thing like looking at what God was putting forward to us. The theme for our youth ministry this year really kind of just picked up this idea of ignite and taking things away from uh, out of the way between us and God and really putting God as our focus. And we're getting on the fire. And God, you're doing mm-hmm. you're going to do amazing things for us here. And we're so excited for it, mm-hmm. and we're so amped up on this ideology that. January 1st, that's that's what happened. That was January day 2nd, one. God comes out of the blue and just starts blessing us more. And here we are on day three. And it just reminded me, I, I showed Kevin a picture here a couple seconds ago. You know, what it was to be like with the angels at the tomb of Jesus Christ. After they burned them, the angels came by and were sitting guard and just kind of waiting. They're like, man, it's day one of this. The Lord's going to do some amazing things. And then on day two, they're like, okay. We gotta wait. God's gonna do some amazing things. And the next morning they're up. We're like, oh man, uh, the girls are coming to, you know, put the anointing oils on the body of Christ. But the other angel looks at him and goes, yeah, but buddy, it's day three, and it just really kind of fired me up because I was thinking, well, God does so much in three days. He's done so much in forty days. He's done so much. Yeah, you know, numbers in scripture matter so much because they have a meaning when it comes to scripture. Three days mm-hmm. perfect. The idea that God had the seven days, the idea of creation, uh, the perfect number. And the number six, the mark of man, 
also because we were created on the sixth day, but also 666, the mark of the beast. But 40, 40. I'm looking to 40 right now. And I'm not much of a Christian numbers guy, but 40 because 40 is the time of change. 40 is when God miraculously shifts something to new. The 40 days in the wilderness, the 40 years of Israel in the wilderness where they changed everything. These numbers matter. And guys, I'm, I'm ready to see what happens. <laughs> I've already amped up. Let's go. All right, guys. But as we're going to go back into our questions We here, are now going to um, totally change gears again. But I do want to push this here before we jump on to the next question. Mm-hmm. Salvation is probably the most important thing we ever talk to you guys about. Absolutely. Because my salvation in Christ is what gets me fired up. It's what gives me hope. Y'all, in 2020 and 2021, could have tore me to pieces. But I knew God was going to do some amazing things. I saw God do amazing things in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I saw a Christian revival happening on things like TikTok, on YouTube. These platforms where we stepped out of our comfort zone. I was sitting in our little desk chairs in our offices and had people coming to us. It was a revival of evangelism and ministry where we went out to you guys. Mm -hmm. Wherever you guys were watching us, wherever you guys were at, we went to y'all the best way we can, the safest way we could. So guys, if we can offer you salvation, reach out to us. We would love to talk to you more about what it means to be saved. Absolutely. And hey, if this is you, if you're looking at God's left me, I, I, I know I lost my salvation. Or I've done gift up and me and God are not friends anymore. Reach out. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to you more about that because mm-hmm. I can tell you something. The word of God is very different. God's word has looked at you and said, hey, I never left you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It was not just a promise. It was also a threat. God said, I'm not leaving you. You'll walk away from me all you want, but I'm coming with you. Mm-hmm. We might have stuff between us. You might not be listening to me right now. And the whole idea of God's, you know, the teacher's quiet during the test. It's baloney. God's screaming at you going, hey, stop being stupid. It's just we don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. So keep this in mind, guys, when we really look at this. This moment of our relationship between us and God. Uh, Kevin, I'll just go on to the next question because you know me. I'll rant on this for like another 30 minutes. All right. So we are now on question number four. And this one, uh, this one is kind of a funny one, but it can also be a little bit controversial. So, is it cool for Christians to entertain the idea of cryptids or aliens, ghosts, etc.? Mothman. Sorry, I couldn't couldn't resist. Honestly, is it cool for us to entertain these ideas? I mean, it really comes down to the idea of, like, do they exist? Mm-hmm. One of my uh, favorite questions I was ever given was by a, I think he was third grader at the time. He looked at me and was like, did God create aliens? Well, in that question, it automatically assumes that aliens exist. Absolutely. Well, I have an issue with it. There, I mean, there's evidence for it. There's evidence against it. So I have, like, some questions of my own to Alfred. But the only answer I could come up with, because he was seriously asking this question, was, well, if they exist, God created them. Simple as that. God is the creator of the universe. So God, if they exist, God created them. Mm-hmm. If cryptids exist, God created them. So shouldn't we talk about God's creation? I believe so. I mean, Nessie was a dinosaur. I mean, we find dinosaurs in scripture. Mm. Or is a dinosaur. Nessie's probably still around. It might be like the 13th generation of Nessie by now. We don't know how long dinosaurs lived. It's a whole thing with the atmosphere and the firmament. All these all things. that good stuff. But, I mean, we have so much here that we can look to argue back mm-hmm. and forth. Is it okay for us to entertain this idea of like aliens and cryptids? Yes. I'm going to go after ghosts for a second here, though. Because within the idea of ghosts and the comma, etc. period, um, we have things like witchcraft, magic. For us to entertain these ideas, it really comes to an issue. Because what is a ghost? 
Well, uh, for a lot of people, a ghost is a being that has died and their spirit has been left to roam, the, roam this world. My scripture clearly says that when you die, your soul goes to one of two places, either eternal paradise or eternal judgment. Mm-hmm. It's very clear, cut and paste. There's not even four places, like a lot of people are three places. Heaven or hell, that's where we go. So if that's the idea with the scripture, when scripture is my absolute truth, that's my basis, a foundation of my belief, then ghosts on this earth are not spirits of dead relatives. Ghosts on this earth are simply demons trying to mess with us. Because if I can get you to believe in an afterlife where you're stuck on this earth, then it's a lot easier for you not to believe in an afterlife eternally with Christ, or eternally with God up in heaven. So these are tools used to distract us. Do I think demons roam the earth constantly? Do I think the devil messes with us all the time? Yes. Do I think angels exist? Yes. Do I think they're actively pursuing to help us? Yes. I believe the Holy Spirit does everything he can to help better us on earth and help us in our ways. God loves us and wants to bless us in these things. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of get this idea of ghosts. I come to an idea of one of my, we're going to entertain this off for a second. A ghost that act like people, they're either demons or they're echoes. They're not the soul trapped, but they're the ones who, like energy evaporated and stuff like that, and there's left a hole, and so they relive like the last moments of the life. And it's kind of an interesting thought. I entertain this thought. That's okay. Just going to think, what does it mean? But ultimately, to entertain an idea, to go to between it and the scripture. Which one's true? Scripture's always true. Mm-hmm. So if the scripture's true and it contradicts the idea, that's where we come to the issue. Also, scripture calls us to avoid all things of evil. It tells us to avoid these things because evil is tempting. Mm-hmm. So you fall down this track. If you go down these paths, you'll oftentimes find yourself struggling to get back. You'll find yourselves having new belief systems. You'll find yourselves being stuck in moments where you're scared. Fear is not of God, honestly. Mm-hmm. And give me a second. I'm going to drink a water. Sorry. But one thing that always kind of fascinates me, like the idea of like the witchcraft, magic, stuff like that. When I was a kid, I entertained the idea. And I'm not talking about Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, things like that. That's fantasy. All right, mm-hmm. that is made up things to help produce a plot. What I'm talking about is legitimate witchcraft, which does exist in this world, because Scripture talks about these ones, these people who read tarot cards, these ones who try to predict the future, these people who are uh, communing with demons and spirits, evil. McMinnville is the witchcraft hub of the southeast. Witches go to McMinnville constantly as kind of a, I want to say, a pilgrimage. Not only to a holy land, but they come together as this kind of central convent. Or whatever they call them. Covenant. Thank you. And one thing that really kind of comes to mind when I go to the, because I've been to McMinnville many times. I've actually ministered to McMinnville quite a few times. And it's really interesting because these people will purposefully walk into churches in the middle of McMinnville it will come straight up to the pastor, and it's very distracting. Because I'll walk through the front door. This is a legitimate story from a pastor friend of mine. Walk through the front door, came staring at him, took her time to get from the door to the front up to the altar. Stared at him, put something down on the offering table, sat on the chair, vanished. All right, this seems very fantastic. Like, fantastical. I mean, it's like, it's not real. The reality is, it's real because when he told me the girl, I was like, hey, I know her. I've met her before. And he pulled up the pamphlet that she left on the table that simply said, God's dead. And had some witchcraft things in there and all these other things. And we always had this argument, well, witches serve Satan. According to scripture, yes, they do. That would be a hard debate there too, but that's according to scripture. So in the story, the ma- the thing was, though, the pastor stopped and looked at this deacon. Did you see that? He's like, what are you talking about? He picked up the pamphlet. The girl who put this down here is like, 
there was no girl. Nobody walked in. No one came up because he described the girl from top to bottom. Deacon sitting there watching the door, protecting her, you know, doing his duty to protect the church. Didn't see a thing. So either he was asleep or this girl did something to get past him. So I want to tell you this when it comes to this idea of entertaining the ideas of things like ghosts, witchcraft, things like that. Avoid evil as much as possible. When it comes to things like cryptids and aliens, these things that are creatures, look at them. Figure them out. Things like the black-eyed kids and things like that, I believe are purely demonic. A lot of these cryptids have demonic origins. Skinwalkers, things like that. Demonic origins. Be careful of what you're going after. Mm-hmm. Don't obsess with these things. Don't make them the focal point of your life. Because the thing is, they can become idols too. Absolutely. But no, 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 angels and demons um, and all kinds of uh, what the world would think uh, are just these crazy ideals, uh, almost magical to an extent, uh, unexplainable, like ghosts, scripted aliens, yada, yada, yada. So... If we are so firm in believing that demons and angels exist, then who knows? Yeah. No, but, one, th- one thing I, I always kind of laugh is honestly, like, we, we have angels and demons. We have these fantastic things out there, fantastical things that we, mm-hmm. that we believe in wholeheartedly. Cryptids and aliens and things like that are already described in Scripture. We just gave them a different name. It happens all the time. Like, I mean, one of my favorite things, uh, you ever look through that different mythologies? Uh, one of my favorite mythologies are the Cyclops from the Greek, uh, from Greek mythology. One, we're very real people. We actually have found bones of these massive beings with one eye. You can look up the history, it's there. Scripture actually says, yeah, these existed. They're called Nephilim. They are a cross between angels and humanity. These beasts that grew to magnificent size in eight fields at a time. It was a beast that lived. Well, the thing is, is we call them a Nephilim in scripture. They call it a Cyclops, Greek mythology. Same thing in Roman mythology. These mythologies that we see have a simple root. They come to one point because we have one God. God the Almighty. There is only one way to God. I'm going to put that in salvation. That is through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. right? Not all religions point to the same path. No. But if God the Creator is the, central, is the focal point of creation, when we come out of that branch, when he makes everything, people see it from different sides of the world, from different perspectives. Try to explain it with words they can. In doing so, come up with these different stories, come up with these different belief systems. All mythology roots to one thing is because all things root back to one God. Mm-hmm. God the creator. So just always kind of think of that. These things have a name for a reason. But we have to remember that they are defined within the word of God. Mm-hmm. So be careful what you talk about. What you call them. Absolutely. You might say that's a ghost. I might call that a <laughs> Lucifer. So... <laughs> My name's John. <laughs> oh, Lord, sorry. That's a story for another time. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that'll that'll be brought up at some point. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get uh, Pastor uh, Mike on the podcast. Talk we about are definitely uh, going to talk about that, but we're going to move on to the uh, next question for now. This is going to be our last question. Oh, already? Yeah. Man. And... um. This one, uh, I feel like we both are very passionate about. 
both of us will probably end up getting fired up here in a few minutes. So uh, both of us, I, I do believe, agree on the subjects yeah, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And here is the question: What is your stance? On the pew wars. Pew 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 pew. Not pew wars. So go ahead. No, sorry. Before we really dive into that, let's explain what the pew wars are. Oh, I can I can tell you the pew wars like in one phrase. Are you ready? Go for it. That's my seat. All right, those are the pew wars. Well, like wholeheartedly, this is the issue that we find in the church, the pew wars. Uh, that's where I sat my entire life. I've been coming to this church. Look, guys, I'll tell you this. I've heard this in every church I've been to. Mm. Because uh, one thing as a pastor is we never really have a place to sit. Because we're up on the stage quite frequently. There's like, you see the what's called the deacon's chairs. Or they or some of them are referred to them as pastor's chairs. Uh, me working the media team, you know, I'm always in the media booth. But when we're down working with people. I'll go from pew to pew, sit down in a pew, and talk to some people for a minute because I'm not going to just stand up the whole time. Guys, I'm a big person. I like to sit down. It's my favorite thing. And I mean, who wants to awkwardly stand over somebody who's sitting down? Like, let's yeah, think exactly. about that. So you'll see them, like, sit down. We'll throw our leg over the pew and look behind us, start talking to people and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Try to be personable. It's part yeah. of our job. Is we want to know how your life is. We actually want to take care of you. It's not just a job. It's a personality thing. We like doing this. And while I was sitting there on the pew talking to somebody, and this has happened to me three times, three separate churches, mm-hmm. same phrase. Gets me every time. So they're talking to somebody, come on, goes, uh, hey, Pastor Wayne. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm glad to see you today. So like, yeah, well. That's my spot. I want you to know that I've been coming to this church for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, last when we bought these pews back in 1987, I fronted up some money to help pay for those pews, you know, part of the building fund. I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. I like, I like that. He's like, and I've been sitting in this spot since 1987 when we bought them. Okay, brother, I'll get out of your chair and give you a moment. Sorry, I was having a conversation. That's how the conversation went. Mm-hmm. Pew wars are the death of your church. Amen. How can you welcome people into your church and say, hey, come join us. But when they sit down in your church in a pew that they've never been to, because when I come into the church, the first place I'm going to sit is in the back row because mm-hmm. that's security. All right. Nobody's looking at me. I can kind of figure this out. Problem is, especially like in Baptist churches and Pentecostal churches, where does everybody sit? The back row. The back row. So people are come up and go, hey, that's my spot. Well, you kick them out of your pew. <laughs> yeah, they're going home. They're not staying for service. Mm-hmm. And they're sure enough not coming back to that church. Never. No, I've had friends come with me to church. And I will sit down and I have my spot in the church when I was growing up. I had them spot in church. And I told them they can sit next to me. You know, sister such and such can move down a spot for a second. They can come sit with me. I invited them. They're sitting with me. Mm-hmm. So this such such made a fit. I have to stand up and go, she is my guest or he is my guest. You can scoot down the pew for a second. This is where they're sitting today. And had to have that abrupt conversation. And my friend looked at me and was like, does that happen every Sunday? I'm like, yeah, every time you can try to invite somebody to a church, somebody's going to have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. If I can't invite people to the church until that person dies out and opens the pew, Guess what? Your church is just going to die because all you're going to have is old people. Yep. So, and that's that's a thing that happens. That is a reality. There are a lot of churches in our area that are dying because it is a bunch of older people that have... No, I'm not saying every old person has this kind of mentality. Well, no, because you have but, people go to churches who've been going to churches for years who did the same thing. and They're, they're in their 30s. Absolutely. And... um. These some of these churches are dying because literally their congregation is dying. Mm-hmm. 
there is no one new coming in because they have come into contact with uh, these kind of people. Very crotchety people. And honestly, it's terrifying because this is a reality that we're seeing in a lot of churches, a lot of Southern mm-hmm. Baptist churches, because the average age of a Southern Baptist church is 50 plus. Mm-hmm. Because Southern Baptist was such an old denomination from the get-go. Being a Baptist is an old thing to do. And so a lot of these newer evangelical churches have grabbed a hold of them and brought them into their folds. You have the non-denominationals, which has become very popular with uh, millennials, Gen, uh, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z. Uh, then you have uh, the step after that would be like the Pentecostal churches, the New Age Pentecostal churches, uh, things called cowboy churches, all these different things that have been designed to be welcoming for people to come in. These church plants, like for us here in the area, one of the most welcoming churches you can go to is the greenhouse, which meets over here in the high school. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because that's the whole style that they are built in. It's a place for anybody to come. Well, you get these churches that are old churches who have this issue with you sitting in their pew because that's where they sat for their entire life. Well, they don't treat it correctly. If I've sat in a pew my entire life and you come to visit, cool, that gives me an opportunity to move my place in the church or to sit next to you and invite you and talk to you because that's going to be a great conversation starter. Hey, yeah, I love sitting back here too. Hey, where are you going to lunch after this? Hey, have you met the pastor? We'd love to show you the new pastor. We'll talk to you about the pastor. You know, all these mm-hmm. different things. Hey, do you have kids? We have a wonderful kids ministry or youth ministry going on. These kind of conversations are so important. Absolutely. And we use them as an opportunity, as a tool to evangelize. Great, which is what these new age churches are doing. Problem is a lot of theology in these new age churches. Whole different conversation. But that's where I have issues with them a lot. But the way they evangelize, the way they get people in. Now, one of the things that I laugh a lot is a lot of churches get mad at other churches because they took their members. Mm-hmm. No. I can't take somebody who doesn't want to go. I can't force somebody to come to my church who didn't want to leave their church in the first place. That's right. And the reason why is because these people came into church, came looking for somebody to go, said, hey, I like to sit here in this pew because I'm comfortable, I'm new here, I'm scared. Instead of the member who's been going there for 80 years saying, yeah, sure, I'll move up to the front. I'm harder to hear anyways. It'd be nicer to be closer to the speakers. Mm-hmm. I'm closer to the pastor to hear them. No, that's my spot. You need to move up. That's my spot. You need to leave. Uh, that's your spot. And you'll never see me again. Mm-hmm. How many people have we lost the opportunity to give the gospel to? Because somebody Absolutely. in the pew decided to say, hey, that's my spot. Absolutely. And I just kind of want to brag on Greenhouse for a second. Just because they have done such a good job in our community of taking these people that have had experiences like that and have left churches and saying, hey, we're different. We we want to show you uh, what should really be done. We want to show you how this really should work. And I think they do a beautiful job at ministering to people in that sort of way. They are fantastic at grabbing people out of the community. And, you know, maybe someday we will uh, have a little somebody from over there come and uh, join us for an episode on the podcast. We're talking about you, Todd. We're talking about you, Todd. You better be listening, Todd. <laughs> Honestly, like churches like that really do make a difference. And, and older churches need to stop being mad as these churches come into the community. Older churches need to stop being mad that we're offering opportunities for people to come as they are. Because like, we have Greenhouse. We have Relentless over there in Rysel. Mm. We have these churches that are popping up. They're saying, hey, come as you are and come to worship. Because Christ wants you. He doesn't want your suit. Mm. And there are so many churches that bash them for that, mm-hmm. which that's just a whole other issue. If we're bashing them, it's because there's something they are something or they're doing something that we wish we could. There, there's our hot take on our ask a pastor. There you go. But honestly, that's where it comes down to. If we're bashing them, it's because they're doing something that we wish we could. Mm-hmm. They're reaching a group of people that we wish we could. And I'll just say this. I actually love the churches I serve in. I actually love working with the people I do. 
And I love seeing Spurs in the church where, like, hey, we, we know the Pew Wars is an issue. Because, yeah, I said, like, three churches I've served in so far. That's been a thing that's happened. Mm-hmm. But then I've had people who walk up and say, hey, you know what? Hey, come sit here. That's great. We're headed up to the balcony anyways. Hey, actually, if you want to come sit up in the balcony with us, you're more than welcome to come with us. Or, hey, uh, welcome. You're new. You want to come sit up with us over here. You know, we got some space over here. You know, be more towards the middle, but it's okay. We'll be on the outsides. A lot more people getting welcoming to these people to come and join us in worship. Mm-hmm. You know, the pastors at our church right now are striving to say, hey, everyone come and worship. That's what we're here for. Not to show off. Not to be about our life. Not to gossip. Not to gossip. Not to gossip. Emphasis right. on that one in case it wasn't clear. Well, was it not to gossip? Yeah, sorry. You know, uh, when I grew up, uh, going through children's ministry, the one thing we taught was repetition is key. Because when you repetition being key to help us remember so many things, because when you repeat things, it sticks it in your brain, so repetition becomes key. So not to gossip, but um, when we have these people who are stepping up to do these amazing things like this, to change the way the old ways are, to mm-hmm. become a church welcoming. Absolutely. That's what you want. You want someone to walk into your church and feel as if they are home. Mm-hmm. Because this is a house of God, and where are you supposed to be? A home with the Father. Come on in. That's right. Come worship. Hey, if you come to our church, come on in. You can come sit with us. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll be up in the balcony. Hey, come on in. We'll find you a spot. That's right. Come be a part of it. We want you to be here. Find you a church like that. Oh, we, y'all. We can go for another five minutes on Pew Wars. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got some more things to say. But honestly, I think the Pew Wars, the, my, my biggest stance on it is not necessarily the fact that it's a pew or mm-hmm. the fact that you have your pew. Because everybody has their place where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's the audacity and the attitude that we have towards others. That's the issue. That's what it boils down to. Because if you have this negative mentality, a negative attitude towards people, when they come in and change your routine, mm-hmm. then what happens when God throws you a curveball and says, hey, you're coming out here and you're going to do this? Or, hey, you know what? Take all the money out of your pocket. You're blessing this waiter or waitress today. What happens when God tries to use you for ministry? Mm-hmm. But it's out of your comfort zone. What are you going to say then? God calls you to do something great. But no, it's not what you normally do. What are you going to say then? Straight back to what you know. Get out of my spot. Just move your butt. It makes it so much easier. There's so many more chairs. Mm -hmm. These church buildings can hold six, seven hundred people in them. Yet, there's only a hundred people there on Sunday. Trust me, there's room. Mm -hmm. Just move your butt. That's all I ask that's going to go on a t-shirt. Move your butt. Just move your butt. Yep. Don't argue. Just move your butt. <laughs> Sorry. It's going, to be, it's going to be a catchphrase. I'm going to make that on a t-shirt. You guys will see me wearing it someday. Oh, wait. I like that one. But guys, that's honestly, that's Ask Capacity. That's our first podcast of 2022. First episode of 2022. Oh, wait. Thank you guys for putting it up with me. I'm sorry I've like congested <laughs> up in here. But y'all... These are some fantastic questions. Mm-hmm. I truly enjoy seeing what you guys are wondering, what you guys want to know, or even things you know, but you want to hear our take on it. I love the fact you guys are challenging us with some of these things. Absolutely. Not just that, that you guys are willing to step up and ask the questions. Because when we first started doing Ask a Pastor, we were searching and hunting for questions. Like we were asking friends of ours, hey, what would be a question that you have to ask a mm-hmm. pastor? This week we said, hey, we're going to do Ask a Pastor. We said, let's just go down the list. Oh, here. Mm-hmm. There's four questions right there. Let's just use those. All right, they were available and ready to go because you guys are stepping up and asking these questions. Absolutely. So, guys, if you have any more questions, guys, if you have any more questions, hey, you have a prayer request. You have something cool you heard from the podcast that you want to see on a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have some idea. You want to be a part of the small group. Reach out to us because we want to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. Hey, if you have a different opinions on this idea of like cryptids and like aliens and stuff like that, Send us your answer because I really want to know because I think it would be cool to get some more information on that. Yeah, that is that is a uh, topic that is – there are all sorts of different ideas out there. 
about it. And so I'm sure there are some people listening that probably think a little bit differently. Oh, yeah. And hey, you know what? Also send us your Pew War stories. Please. Oh, I want to hear your Pew War story. Or even, hey, you work for the, uh, work in the waitstaff business, restaurant industry. Uh, please send us your like favorite church member stories because we might not read them on the podcast, but honestly, this is from Ron and Kevin. It's like, one, we want to rage about it with you. Because Absolutely. Like, why are church people being non-Christian like? Trust me, I've I've lived that life. I mean, like it's it's one thing like being a Christian that goes to restaurants and like knows that it's going on. It is a whole other thing to have to work at a restaurant and serve Christians while you're a Christian, realizing what the Christian you're waiting on is doing. Oh. Oh, hey, if you have those, if you have more stories, send them our way. Oh, yeah. We want to read them. You know, one of my favorite things always about is uh, I had a, I was actually at lunch right after church service with my mom. Like we had gone out to lunch together. I was coming to visit. I was preaching at their church. Uh, Dad was busy. I think Dad was out of town. I was subbing in for him. And it was kind of funny because we're sitting here talking at lunch. And our wake, Tris came up and she was having this wonderful conversation with us. And she let us know that she was a Christian. And we're like, oh, cool. Well, where do you go to church at? You know, you know what's going on? Is there anything we can pray for you? Because we're about to pray over our meal. Anything we added to your prayer? You know, we had a wonderful time with her. The group right behind us. So it's just two of us at this table. Behind us, there's like a group of nine people. And you guys know on a church Sunday, that table is going to be the hardest one to deal with. And all I heard was them here. Oh, did you hear that girl was a Christian and she's working here on Sunday? Sweetheart, if she has to work on Sunday to pay for her rent, I think the Lord will understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, don't missing corporate worship is a huge important thing never to miss. Be a part of the body of Christ because it's important for your growth in Christ. But you need to live. Mm-hmm. So if my tip here can help her out, or these hours that she's getting right now is helping her out, you don't know. She might go to Sunday night service. They might have a Saturday night service that she attends regularly or a Wednesday night service that she's going regularly or that she has a house church she's a part of. You don't know her life. Stop judging. That's right. And, oh, Lord. Guys, I'll tell you what. This is why I get fired up on because I just look at church. You know, I, ca- I call them church people because they're just people who go to church, not Christians because they don't act like Christ. Mm-hmm. But, guys, send us your stories. Send us these things. We want to hear from you guys. You know, Kevin, how can they reach us? Yeah, guys, uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Food at the Table Podcast. We're on Twitter at Food at the Table. We are on uh, TikTok, or Wayne's on TikTok at Rev.Wayne. You sounded so like patronizing about that. Wayne's on TikTok at Rev.Wayne. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that to sound bad. I heard my fans like, you're just mad I have more followers than you. <laughs> sorry uh but then uh we're also we've got an email set up food at the table podcast at gmail.com shoot us whatever and uh if you guys want to monetarily support us in some way you can do that at patreon.com slash food at the table podcast also if you're listening to us on anchor our our, uh, subscriber Donations are available there too, so if you guys want to donate through Anchor as well, Patreon is just like kind of a more podcast-friendly format. Yeah, this is where we do. Uh, we are not doing special content for Patreon at the moment. We might do that in the future, but you know that'll just be a nice place. Hey, if you guys want to donate to the podcast, we'd love for you guys to do so. Mm-hmm. If the Lord leads you to it, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, because I know you guys have your stuff. Guys, we're in our twenties. So we know sometimes. You know, at this age, money money can be tight. So we get it. That's only if you guys feel led to donate to us. We greatly appreciate it. But with that, guys, we love you so much. We're looking forward to 2022. You know, it is only day three for That's us. A, it's day three. When this come out, it will be day six. And y'all, it's going to be awesome to see what the Lord does in 2022. Mm. We pray that it's great for you guys. We're praying for you guys specifically. Reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you guys more. Absolutely. Uh, we have, you know, one of our followers, you know, actually got some of our stickers. Yes. And she's put it on her car. She's put it on her water bottle. She's put it on all, all these different things. Guys, if you would like a sticker, message us on Absolutely. social media. And if we, if we send you a sticker, 
if you want to, uh, I'm making the executive decision of doing this right now, but uh, if you want to put that on social media or something to let us see it, if you want to send that to us, uh, let's, uh, we'll come up with some sort of a hashtag. We'll get we'll that going uh, on whatever social media, and that'll be the spot you guys hashtag your po- hashtag fat podcast. Hashtag fat podcast. F-A-T-T podcast. Let's do it. All right. Y'all, that was not intentional, by the way. I just want you guys to That know. just sort of happened. But do it. Push them out there. Uh, throw the hashtag. Tag us in it. Tag our social medias in it. We want to. We want to see this stuff. Yeah. Like we just, we just think it's cool. Guys, if you put our sticker and like a really kind of cool thing, and we're like, we want to see it too. Like you randomly put it in a frame where it's just the sticker in a frame, we're gonna think you're creepy. But it's okay. So we still want to see it though. Yeah, see it. <laughs> but guys, send us the pictures. You know, let us see them. Tag us in them. Whatever you guys do. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, reach out to us. We got stickers. You know, merch is hopefully coming up soon. This 2022 has a lot of things coming. 2022. You never know what's going to happen. Never know. And send us some ideas for uh, merch ideas, too. If you have a cool merch idea, you want to design something for us, send them to us. Yeah. We'd love to see it. For real. You never know what we'll use. <laughs> but, guys, thank you so much. But thank you guys so much for being a part of Food at the Table Small Group Podcast. Mm-hmm. Y'all, this is Rev. And this other, uh, other person over here is Kev. <laughs> guys, we're signing off for our first podcast in 2022. We love you guys. Bye. Peace.